Welcome to the Sell the Sizzle podcast. If you need to sell an idea, a product, or a service, this is the show for you. We're going to be sharing sales secrets so you can be a sizzling success. Let's go. And welcome, sizzlers, to another edition of the podcast. I'm so excited today. We have a very, very special guest, Mr. Nicky Billu, and uh, he spent decades figuring out the mindset of champions. He's talked to Olympians. He's talked to leaders in their respective industries, and he's a veteran of podcasting. He has the Thought Leader Revolution podcast. He's done over 650 episodes of his podcast over seven years. He's the international author of 10 books, including two bestsellers. So I'm delighted to welcome Nikki to the show. Hi, Nikki. Mick, thanks for having me on the show. An honor to be here. Yeah, no, fabulous to fabulous to have have you. And I listen to uh, you know one or two of your podcasts, and you bring an incredible amount of energy and zeal. I felt uh, I felt very upbeat after listening to you. Thank you. You're very kind. So, 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 Nikki's up in Toronto as we speak. I'm here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're both on the Eastern Seaboard. Um, tell us a little bit about your backstory, Nikki. That's that's a great way to start off the podcast, Mick. So I'm actually originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. When I was 11 years old, the Islamic Revolution took place in Iran. And my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall that this was not going to be a place to raise a Christian family. So he and my mom got together, they made a plan, and eventually they managed to get us out of Iran. And we settled where I now live in Toronto, Canada. Now, at the time, I was 11, man. I didn't want to leave my home. I didn't want to leave my friends. (laughs) But in retrospect, it was the single greatest thing that my father could have done for me and for my family. He took our family's legacy from a trajectory of tyranny and took it to a trajectory of freedom. And because of that, I have become the biggest champion for freedom there is. I believe that inside every human breast beats the living heart of freedom. Every man, woman, and child on this earth wants the freedom to chart their own path, to live a life less less ordinary, and to create the life that they've always dreamed of and imagined. And, you know, the West, even though right now there's all kinds of forces that are at play that are trying to reduce those freedoms. It is still the freest, greatest set of societies that we've ever seen on this planet. And I think every man, woman, and child that lives here needs to hear from an immigrant like me to remind them that they're lucky and that they need to stand up for these freedoms and not let anybody dare try to take them away from us. So that's step number one. Step number two, my friend, my father is the greatest man I've ever known. He was an entrepreneur. He too believed in freedom. And he'd always tell me, Mick, Nikki, you got to remember life. It's not about money, son. It's about people. I'm like, okay, dad, business, son, is not about money. It's about people. I said, dad, you had me on life, but business isn't business (laughs) about money. Can't you, can't you like not do business without money? And he said, that's true, son. But without people, there'd be no need for money. In business, imagine a Venn diagram. 
You solve problems for people for profit. You solve acute problems for amazing people and you earn the right to make an awesome profit. That, where all three of those circles intersect, that is the purpose of business. P, 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 and P once again. P to the power of four. And as a result of this, I wanted to become somebody like my father, somebody who believed in people. Because I believe, and I told you this off camera, Mick, that every man, woman, and child on this earth needs someone to believe in them. Someone to tell them, you're great, you're amazing, you're a child of God that's been put here for a purpose, a mighty purpose. That it's up to you to uncover that purpose and live that purpose, but you are great. Someone needs to help steady you when you wobble. And then you also need to learn how to be great at persuasion. How to be able to persuade people of the majesty of your dreams and your visions. And my late father, Napoleon Ballou, he lived this credo of believing in people. If you knew him and you were looking for work, Mick, he'd sit you down in his office. He'd call all his business owner buddies until one of them yelled uncle and gave you a job. And he'd say, Mick, you got a job. You're working for James. You're the sales manager. You start in five minutes. Go. If you were trying to start a business, dad would sit down with you and help you figure out how to get that business going. He'd help you think things through. He'd help you access markets. He'd help you access capital if you needed it. And if he knew you and you were trying to buy a car, a house, but you didn't quite have enough money, dad would get you to a bank. If they still wouldn't give you enough, then he'd top you up with a loan that he'd never let you pay back. That's the kind of man he was. He believed in people. He loved on people. And he poured into people all his life. That's why to this day, years after his passing, people come to me still who knew him and go, are you Napoleon Ballou's son? And I say, yes, I am. And they say, I want to shake your hand because that's the finest man I've ever known. And I'm going to tell you something, my friend. My father passed away, but when he passed, he handed me the Ballou torch to believe in people, to love on people, to pour into people, and to help them become the greatest version of themselves. That's a that's a beautiful story. How magnificent that you were given that gift that your father wanted to gift to your family, the gift of freedom, which I, I, I agree with you that uh, many of us take for take for granted we don't think too much about it i mean when i came here from the uk and moved to the us 26 years ago the freedoms here the opportunity here is magnificent and sometimes people don't see what's in front of them um and so we need to awaken them to that reality to that potential and remind them that it is worth protecting it is worth cultivating it is worth nourishing so i i love that um curiously uh from the Middle East, the name of Napoleon. That's an interesting choice for uh, somebody. Was that his his birth name, Nikki? Yes. Yeah. No? We are uh, Ashuri Christians. We're Assyrians. Oh. And um, Christians have Christian names, so that was a Christian name. All right. Perfect. Perfect. And then, and then the other uh, uh, value that you espouse with such passion is that in order for any of us to flourish and to excel you need somebody who believes in you will urge you will you know give you the and awaken your potential um i i i love that part finding finding somebody who can stretch you sometimes we get into a little pattern we get into a way of 
working. It might not be a rut, but it's a pattern and we don't think outside of ourselves. And having somebody believing in you and saying, hey, you can do more. Hey, we can, you know, you, there are all these other opportunities. Uh, having people like that around you, you were very, very blessed, my friend. And I'm glad that you have taken the torch on to help lots of other people. And I guess that's what your, if you will, your ministry, your podcast is all about. Yes, sir. Well said. Ministry. I love that word. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I uh, w- once, I use this phrase and I once had it printed on the back of my business card. It's a little, sometimes can be a little jarring for people, but I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, open up a conversation on the subject. And it would say on the back of my business card, comfortable is a word I would choose to describe an old sofa. Sadly, many people consider it a destination. And so we become comfortable with maybe not achieving that. You talked about all of us inside of us have that ability to have an extraordinary life. So so what 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 tips can you give us in order for us to perhaps awaken that, to bring that to light? What's your what's your guidance? I've talked to all of these leaders and top performing Olympians. What have you gleaned, Nikki? That's a great question. So um one of the gyms that I go and work out at the owner has uh, scrawled a number of inspirational sayings on the wall. It's got bare concrete walls. It's, it's, it's an old school gym in that respect. And one of the things that he scrawled on the wall is comfort is a drug. Because comfort is the enemy of ambition, of achievement, of victory. If all you're seeking in life is comfort, you're seeking to decay. So. For me, I exhort anybody who's living to say, you're a child of God, you're put here to achieve that mighty purpose. And you can only achieve that mighty purpose if you get excited about achieving that mighty purpose. If you get up in the morning and say, yes, this is what I'm all about. And you come up with a message, with a vision. That's why I talked about uh, at the beginning of the podcast, the importance of learning how to persuade people. How are you going to persuade people if you don't have energy or ambition? How are you going to persuade people if you don't have a message that's powerful, that stands out? You know, one of my um, mentors is a man named Matt Church, and he said an expert is someone who knows something, while a thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. I became enamored with what he had to say, and I've been teaching people about thought leadership ever since. I had a fellow who came to me when he was 57 years old. He was a business coach. Prior to that, he'd been an executive vice president at a manufacturing concern here in Ontario, where I live. Mm-hmm. Yep. He made good money, $350,000 a year. But he was burnt out and he was done with that. And that's why he got into coaching. He loved coaching people. That part of his job he loved. But his income fell 80%. 80%, that's a hell of a drop in your income. So when he came to us, he knew someone. He was in a BNI, Business Networking International, which my good friend and multiple guests on my podcast, Dr. Ivan Meisner, is the founder of BNI. And it's an amazing organization. And this one fellow was a client of ours. He was in BNI and he came and he 
uh, you know, he was doing better. And this guy says, how come you're doing so well? He says, well, I got this coach. He blew. He runs this thing for thought leaders. He's made me a thought leader. You got to come check it out. So this dude calls me up. His name's Carl Kramer. Unfortunately, Carl passed away in the summer of 22 from cancer. Very sad. But in the summer of 2018, he'd come to us and said, hey, Dan told me that you've helped him go from tragic to magic in this business. You took this fellow who was a fitness trainer, was making $18,000 a year. Now he's making over a million through thought leadership. How's that possible? And he said, listen, Nikki, I like Dan, but Dan's a dumbass. That's a technical term, a dumbass. You know what I mean? So I'm like, listen, Dan's a good fellow. He'd probably agree with you. He is a dumbass, but he's a hell of a businessman. And he said, well, can you help me? I said, well, I think I can. So we sat down. And I said to Carl, I said, so Carl, you're a business coach, you know, let's talk about business coaching. What do you do? How do you help? How do you help them? Blah, blah, blah. He says, well, I can help anybody with any aspect of business. I said, that's your first mistake. You're trying to be all things to all people. So we have to narrow your focus. So that's the first thing we helped him do is narrow his focus. So he focused on growth, business growth. He loved helping people grow, bringing in more revenue. That was his thing. I said, okay, that's good. Now, who can you do it for? Well, I can do it for anybody. I said, Dan, uh, Carl, no, no, you can't do it for anybody. You got to pick a niche. You know, I know Americans like to say niche, but we say niche here in Canada. I'm, right? I'm with you, Nikki. I'm, I'm yeah. a niche well, guy. Niche, 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 man. Niche, You're on the man. right show. There you go, my brother. So, so um, uh, Carl's like, okay, okay. We It took us a while to help him nail this. This was not in a two-minute conversation like I'm telling you here, but eventually he started working with solo practitioner law firms doing at least a million who wanted to double or treble their business quickly. So Carl started working with those folks and he was charging too little. So we helped him own his pricing because if you undervalue yourself, the market will undervalue you. You won't attract the right types of clients either. So we helped Carl really own a value. And the minimum he was charging was $25,000 upfront in full in advance, which is what I told him to do. So plus, you know, accelerators and bonuses and whatnot. Anyways, within six months of us figuring all this out, which took a little, a little bit of time, he went from making 80, uh, less than 20% of what he made back in the day, you know, when he made 350,000 mm-hmm. yeah. to, he bumped it up to a half a million a year. So a substantial increase. But here's the best part, Mick. He actually worked less, a ton less than he did when he was making 70 grand, 20% of the 350. He worked less at 500 than he made at 70. How's that possible? First of all, he had Nikki Ballou teaching him how to own his value. He had Nikki Ballou teaching him how to position himself as a thought leader. And he brought on clients who weren't buying his service by the hour, even though ironically they were lawyers and they sold their services by the hour. They were interested in the results. So when he was able to get people results, he could make a half a million a year working 15 to 25 hours a week. Now, Mick, for a man who was 57, 58 years old at the time, that was amazing. He was able in his last few years of life to travel to a lot of places that he'd always wanted to travel. He used to tell me how important it was for him to travel to a place like Portugal, Spain, South America, Peru. It was incredible. He got to go there and he got to do so in style. He got to take care of his kids. He had kids who, you know, were in debt because of university and so forth. He got rid of all that for them. 
Man, this was a man who changed the trajectory of the legacy of himself and the people he loved, his family, his sons. And he was taken away from us all too soon. But I tell you, I had him on my show. He spoke for me at a couple of my events. And I have a video where he gives a beautiful testimonial to us, which I still have. And I, I play it sometimes for our clients. I go, this is Carl Kramer. I want you to know this, this man's passed away, but I want you to hear what he has to say. It's a beautiful. That's a that's a, that's a great story, and I I do I do and I, I, one of the most powerful things that's woven in there. You alluded to it is how we convey value and the fact that he was working for, with a, with an organization law firm that are charging by the hour, but he didn't sell his time for money, which is I guess one of the success traits of anybody that you would coach, right? Well, yes, I would say absolutely yes. And um, there are folks who inside the work we do will be like professional speakers or they, they'll have a coaching program that they offer to people. So they, they are going to do a one hour talk and get paid five grand, 10 grand, 20 grand or whatever the case may be. Or they may have a group coaching program, which is a three month program. And they charge $10,000 for the program, but they can get multiple people in the program. That's why the way they get compensated isn't hourly, mm-hmm. although it looks to the client like they're paying for a three-month program and it's ten grand. So all of that's there. But the way that I teach everyone to position themselves is not an hourly rate, but on an outcome and results basis. So when I work with a client, My promise to a client who's in the space is if you work with us, we will help you add, you know, $90,000 in the next 90 days. Actually, that's the name of one of our programs. We have a program that's a 90-day sales accountability program, 90K in uh, 90 days. We've got a thought leadership program that we teach people. And we say that over a three-year period, you will generate between an extra half a million to two and a half million a year. If you work with us on the thought leader program, now I could be talking about how amazing our thought leader program is and how spectacular our methodologies are for selling, but who cares? At the end of the day, what people are interested in, if you were coming to me and you were saying to me, Nikki, you know what? You're, you're a Nick. I'm a Mick. We, our names kind of rhyme. I like you. I'm looking to grow my coaching business. I'd like to add half a million dollars to my business. Tell me, can you help me? And I said, well, I've got this thought leadership program, Mick. And it's going to show you how to build IP. And it's going to show you how to position yourself. I mean, you're going to, your eyes will glaze over after a few minutes. The answer you're looking for from me is, Mick, the thought leader methodology that we use is proven to add between a half a million to two and a half million dollars a year for 50% of the people that take it. And of the remaining 50%, 65% of those will make at least an extra quarter million to a half a million. So you got an 83% chance of adding between a quarter million and two and a half million dollars a year. Now that'd get your attention. You'd listen to that and go, okay, now I want to know how the heck he does this. Is he for real? But if I started with the nuts, the bolts, the features, you're, you're not going to be interested. Who yeah. would be? Absolutely. You know, we need to focus on, on those, on those outcomes, those transformations, that journey forward, that aspiration. Um, So, so what are the building blocks of, I mean, people listening to the show, you know, say, I'm not, I'm not a thought leader. This all sounds a little bit 
a step too far. I'm not an expert. What, 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 what do you say to people who perhaps don't have that inner belief that, that, that they could do it, or they think that it's going to require so much effort that they don't even want to start on that journey? Well, I can push back very strongly on the first part. Anybody who says, well, I'm not an expert. I don't know what I'm, I'm not a thought leader. Um, and I say this with love and respect, bullshit. Bullshit. If you're the over the age of 35, you're a human being who's lived on this earth, you've gone through adversity. Yes or yes, Mick? Yes or yes? You've gone through some adversity. Yeah? Yep. Mick, I bet you, if you and I spent an hour on the phone, you could share with me at least three significant adversities you've gone through in life and you've overcome. Am I right? Indeed. Minimum. Did you learn something from those, Mick? Did you get stronger? Did you acquire wisdom and knowledge and experience, Mick? Yes or yeah, yes? You know 100%. what mistakes you don't want to make again, and you also know... Mistakes make gurus. Write this down. Mistakes make gurus. Oh, yes. That's a good takeaway. I'm going to make sure those are in the show notes. Mistakes make gurus. Now. What I do inside our methodology is we actually have a three-day course plus some pre-work before you even attend the course where we delve into some of that with you and we help you start to get an inkling of how those mistakes have made a guru out of you and how to turn it into messaging and IP that can solve a problem for other people. And you may go, well, what problem? You became a problem solver when you had those adversities and you overcame them. I'll give you an example from my own life. Last year, I used to be a, a personal fitness trainer. I worked with Olympic champions. When I got into the world of business coaching, a switch flipped in my mind. And every year I gained weight. I gained over 50 pounds over a dozen years. I got tired of it because I kept telling myself every year, you know what you're doing, you're a trainer, blah, blah, blah. And I just said, you're not a trainer anymore. Stop lying to yourself. Hire somebody who knows what he's doing. I found somebody with a track record of helping people in my age range. I was 55 at the time. So Mick, 55 years old, hire a guy. Six months later, I dropped 58 pounds. I go from 227 to 169. Okay. That's 10, that's 10 pounds a month. That's pretty impressive. Dude, I'm... I was 55 when I did it, 55, not 30, not 35, not 25, 55. Not a lot of people in my age range do that sort of thing. That's a massive accomplishment, a massive defeat of adversity, okay? So does that mean I'm ready to go become a fitness trainer again? No, it does not. In fact, I will not coach anybody on fitness. If anyone needs to get fit, I'm going to send them to Amor Camera of Hammer Fitness and his team. They are the ones to do it. And I don't get, you know, I don't get a commission for doing so. I just think they're that damn good. But, Mick, what did I learn out of this process? I'll tell you what I learned. How did it make me a better problem solver in the world of business? It blew up a limiting belief I had, which is I'm too old to be fit and lean. I'm over 50. It's not going to happen for me. That belief got blown up. When that belief got blown up, Mick... This is the most amazing thing. Mick, I, I apologize, man. I mean, it's, it's been cold here. That's why I've been wearing my sweatshirt. But now the sun is shining through my window and I'm boiling. So I got to just grab my, my, my sweatshirt off of here and uh, talk to you this way. So 
what I learned was that I have limiting beliefs that are getting in the way of me winning in fitness, but I also have limiting beliefs that are getting in the way of me winning bigger in income, business, and so forth. So I thought to myself, how can I apply this to what I do to help my clients win? And I took what I learned from this and I, and, and I, and I really started to approach my clients who had big aspirations, but really weren't believing it, weren't feeling it. And we started to look at how to break up the structure of those beliefs. And Mick, I got to tell you, the number of people that we work with that started to actually believe that they could go from, say, $100,000 a year to half a million, skyrocketed. We had dudes who thought, man, I've made $100,000 a year on a good year, who started to make $100,000 a month. So this adversity and overcoming it helped reinforce for me what I'm really good at, which is solve problems and help people get past their lack of belief in themselves. And it's one of the things that made me remember you're your father's son. Believe in people. Show that belief until that belief turns from a little spark that you have into a roaring fire that they have, and then they can crush it. Yeah, so, I, I, I agree. I, I have a, 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 a phrase, you know, um, say, sales is a lagging indicator. Belief is the leading indicator. Right, you know, if you believe in what you do, you believe implicitly that you're delivering value. You're going to change your clients' lives. You're going to really make a difference. You'll do whatever it takes in order to, you know, make them successful. That comes from an inner conviction, a belief. You know, some people think that the more sales I'll get, the more confidence and the more belief I will um, accumulate. But then you've tied your belief system to the market. Right. When you want to be, I believe in success, whether the markets are up or down or whether the sales, I get that gig or not. I show up every time with the absolute belief. I do my best. And, you know, nine times out of 10, it's going to help people. And so belief, I'm I'm totally with you. So this is a key question. How do people um, identify their limiting beliefs and how do you how do you how do you pull that out? What are some of the techniques? If they weren't sitting with you, Nikki, and they were sitting at home thinking, you know, how do I be more successful? Which I think people are scratching their heads, going, "Yeah, I'd like to be better." How how do they how do they identify those? And then, secondly, more more challenging, I guess, how do they eradicate them? Well, I've got to tell you, I'm a big believer in mentorship and coaching. I didn't eradicate my belief by myself. I hired somebody, somebody who I believed in and somebody who believed in me. And I think that if you are somebody who is, let's face it, sucking at something and you have not had success at it, the smartest thing you can do is find somebody to guide you to not suck at it anymore. That's what's worked for me. It worked for me last year when I went after my fitness goals. It's worked for me with business. So that's the number one thing I'd recommend. The great Robin Sharma, who I used to coach when I was a fitness coach back in the day, the author of the book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, sold millions of copies, once told me, if you ever want to double your income in a year, all you have to do is triple your investment in personal and professional development. 
hire the coaches, join the masterminds, do the courses, read the books. That's the first thing I'll tell anybody. And if you're lacking belief and you're in business, cheap and easy way to do it is keep listening to this podcast, listen to my podcast. Slightly more expensive way is go to uh, Amazon and look up Nikki Baloo and buy a few of my business books. And, you know, if you're ready to invest more than that in yourself, then go on to my, my calendar. My uh, calendar link is ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment. And I've got to tell you that decision is the first thing you got to do is say, I am willing to invest time, energy, and money into myself. I am willing to invest my belief into myself to win. You got to do that. Without that, you're toast. Nothing's going to work. There's no quick fixes here. And the next yes. thing is you've got to be persistent. You cannot tell yourself, well, I'll see what happens. Bullshit. You don't see what happens. You go forward till victory is yours or you die. That's it. Victory or death is really the only option in life. And since you're not on a literal battlefield, you're not going to die. So go for victory, right? Nobody's shooting at you, at least not in the West so far. So go <laughs> after your dreams, go after your goals and do not quit. And if you fail, get up, try again, find a different way. Listen, I decided after losing all the weight, that I didn't like how my body looked. I had a skinny upper body and big legs. And I went to this fellow and I said, look, can we help me get symmetrical? I want my upper body and my legs to match, you know? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, let's enter a competition, a bodybuilding competition, because this will force me to work. So I, I'm eating a certain way. I'm training a certain way. Yesterday, I banged my toe really hard into a set of weights on the ground. Without seeing them, I just walked into them. I don't know if I broke them. I don't know if I badly sprained them, but I couldn't put any damn weight on them. And today was leg day. Leg day is not fun if you can't take a proper step on your foot. So what? I got up. I went to the gym. I asked him, I asked him and some of the other folks there, what do I do? And they told me. So I did it. One of the things they had me do put a little bit of strain on my back. So now my back slightly tweaked. So I'm relaxing my back. I'm going to ice it when you and I are done. And, and I have my meal, and I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to do that competition, and I'm going to freaking win it. Because that's what I need to do if I'm going to have success. And if someone's listening to this, you have a choice. Your choice is you can stay comfortable, and you can go, I don't know, I haven't got what it takes, and you can lack belief in yourself. Or you can go find somebody who believes in people and will believe in you and fill you with enough belief to spark your belief, to eradicate the doubts that right now exist in you. And anyone who's listening to this, there's only one reason you're not going after your dreams is you don't believe. So let me believe in you. Let me love on you. And if not me, somebody, find somebody to believe in you and to love on you so you win. Because you will win once your belief goes from wobbly to solid. Yeah, I, I love that, and um, just just uh, he hearing hearing your story and around commitment. See, because one of the things about commitment, people think they make a commitment one time, but you know the, your point about persistence. You need to commit every day. So, for your in your example, I need to commit every day to do that extra rep, every day to go down the gym, every day to eat healthily. Right, it's commitment. You make a commitment on a daily basis, and one of the 
things I advocate to people is, you know, keep a daily success journal, look at your goals and recommit every day, right? And that way you reinforce it. You build that belief system. You build that conviction. You go from wobbly, as you said, Nikki, to solid so that you can really uh, knock down any any barriers and any hurdles. That's, that's, uh, that's very powerful. Um, so this thought leader thing, um, Nikki, just to come back to that. So, so again, I think, it, you know, if you are a thought leader, I guess you need to share those thoughts with somebody. How do, how do you get known? You said a thought leader is known for their uh, their thoughts. How do you get known by the audience well, you want to work there's with? A lot of, there's a lot of different ways. And, you know, it's one of the things we teach is there's, there's 11 different methodologies for um, being known and for getting your 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 message out there and for getting people to buy from you. But I'll tell you, we're on a podcast today. I'm a podcaster and I'm also a podcast guest. And I think this could be a good way to land the airplane and end this uh end this okay. perfectly. I believe in podcasting and podcast guesting. I think that going on a podcast uh a, a, as a guest is something anybody can do. There may be people here who go, okay, you and Mick, man, you dudes are like experts. I can't start my own podcast. It's too too tough. You know, blah, 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 blah. That's BS, but you can go be a guest on a show. And I'll tell you something. One of the things that I teach people is I've got a program called Get Booked and Get Paid. I've actually become friends with the founder of Podmatch, Alex Sanfilippo, because out of being on Podmatch over a 18-month period, I generated 300 and $57,000 plus in income as a guest. And there's a lot of people who talk about being a guest on a show and they say, well, let's get you some visibility. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against visibility. Visibility is a good thing, but I don't teach visibility. I teach people how to go on there and turn that, uh, that appearance into an opportunity to do business. So how's that possible? You might be asking very simple. So first and foremost, Every time you go on a show, this is Nikki Billu's three reasons to be a guest on a show. Number one, I want to go on a show like yours because I believe the last four years have been tough on human beings and humanity. There's a lot of people that are feeling stressed, depressed, mental health issues galore. So I come on these shows to inspire people because God has given me the gift of energy of being articulate, able to communicate, and being positive. So every time I go on a show, I know the people that listen to me go, damn, that dude made me feel better. And that is part of my mission for the world. If there's a ministry for Nikki Baloo, that's part of my ministry. That's number one. Secondly, you, Mick, you have spent time, energy, money into creating this podcast. You know, it's a big risk for you to bring a guest on a show. If I don't do a good job, you could lose the goodwill of your audience just like that. I take that responsibility very seriously. So I come on this show because I want you, Mick, to go, damn, that Nikki Billu is the greatest guest I've ever had on a show. Oh, my God, his energy. I just want – that man's on fire. I just want to watch him burn. That's how crazy this dude is. And he's smart, <laughs> and he's got amazing, amazing tips. He's got really cool catchphrases. He's articulate. He's got great communication skills. And he's smart as heck, and he brings me things that I never thought about before. He's taught me something, 
and he's taught my audience something, I'm glad I brought him on. So that's the second reason I come on the show. The third reason I come on the show, Nick, is I'm a businessman. You're a businessman. I do business old-fashioned way with people that I know, I like, and I trust. And Mick, you seem like you got hairs similar to the color of mine. You seem like you might be similar in age to me. You seem like you might be an old-school fellow who also believes in relationships and doing business with people you know, you like, and you trust. And what better way as a guest and a businessman for me to start building a relationship than to go on the show of a businessman, do a great job for him, and start to create the openings of a bond and a relationship. My friend, the relationships, I've been on over 600 shows since May of 2022. 600 shows. I've built relationships with the vast majority of those folks. And I've done business with a number of those folks. And I've done collaborations with a number of those folks. And let me tell you, that is so powerful, anybody can do it. And in thought leadership, if you learn how to put your message out there, which I teach people, and I'm happy to teach anybody who wants help with it, which if you understand how to create IP that's valuable, that actually solves problems for people, all you got to do is you got to start getting on shows. That is one of the 11 ways. It is not the only way, but is one powerful way to be seen and be known. Well, I think that's beautiful because it's highly relevant as we're on a podcast. And I did meet you uh, through the podcast uh, portal. And I, I, I uh, you know, sizzlers who are listening to this, uh, you know, being a guest, getting your message out as Nikki espouses is is beautiful because he's connected with, you can see, is connected with lots of really fantastic people, those relationships, you know, you can actually take advantage of that kind of networking. And your three points there, number one, you know, for those of you who are, you know, take lessons from Nikki. Number one, inspire people with your message. Number two, teach something of value. And number three, build lasting relationships. And you can do that through podcasting. Being a guest, you don't need to set your podcast up. It's very, very easy to do. You can ask Nikki. You can ask me how I do it. Um, we'd be more than happy to help you. So uh, fabulous uh, thoughts there. I've got two questions for you that I ask all my guests, Nikki, just, uh, just at the end. Number one, what was the first sale you ever made? First sale I ever made? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um I sold my dad on taking me to have ice cream when I was a kid. That was probably the first sale I ever made. Uh, but uh, in um, in an actual business setting, uh, we had uh, some trinkets that we sold from the sides of the road. I was eight years old, me and my brothers and my buddies. And that's how we made our first uh, actual that's sales. Be- beautiful. And then the second question is, what's the most creative way that you've gotten a new client? most creative way honestly i think being a guest on podcasts has been really really good um one of the most exciting ways for me it was very creative was i i I had a pre-call with a fellow i met through podmatch and out of that pre-call he decided that he wanted to be my client he said i think i need your help based on what you say you do and so we set up a follow-up call he signed up for my program and he said look i can interview you on the podcast but 
I'm good. I, I hired you. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty crazy. That's a, that's a beautiful end to, to this. Your message being, look, guys, don't be ordinary. Be extraordinary. Find somebody to believe in you. Get a mentor or a coach. You've got two on this podcast. Uh, you know, Three, get your message out and be a guest on a podcast or start your own. And the more times you, you, you articulate your message, the more convinced you will become. Your belief system will go up and you'll reach more people and be able to make a difference. Nikki, it's been fabulous having your energy, your expertise, and the reminder that we can all, and we are here, our purpose is to be more than ordinary. Thank you for being my guest today. Nick, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, how can that? How can our audience connect with you? Um, like if you just want to connect on social media, just type in Nikki Billu. It's a pretty unique name, N I C K Y B I L L O U, on almost any major social media platform. Um, if you're wanting to do more than that, have a call. Uh, go to eCircleAcademy.com forward slash appointment, and uh, I'll give you 45 minutes of my time. All right, and I'll put that in the show notes for everybody. So uh, once again, Nikki, thank you, and we'll see you next time. See you, Mick. And sadly, we've come to the end of another great show. Please, could you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review if you enjoyed this show? Secondly, if you go to sellthesizzle.net, I've got some fancy artificial intelligence that will interrogate all of my episodes and give you any of the answers that you need on sales. So you have to go to the website. You can do it on your phone or on your computer, sellthesizzle.net, and you can see just see a search bar at the top. So if you type something in there like cold call or objection handling, it'll pull out all the chapters in the episodes that talk about that specific subject. Have fun with that. Let me know how you get on and we'll see you next week.